Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jody Eichelberger. On this podcast, we put everything out on the table. The periodic table. It's the slam from the launch of our flagship season, Brave the Elements, held on November 27th, 2018 at Jump, our all-ages venue in downtown Boise. During the slam, we randomly drew four names and the brave few orbited our story nucleus with stories on the theme carbon. Get into your element. It's story time. Please welcome to the stage, Tom Banducci. I was told that uh, this only five minutes uh, by my friend, Kim, and I responded by saying, well, I'm a lawyer. It takes me a half an hour just to introduce myself. And didn't realize that she was saying, no, you only have five minutes. So I'll do my best. Yes. So when I think, <laughs> I'll do my very best. When I think of the word carbon, I think of Nick Carboni. Now, Carboni in Italian, I don't know how many Italian speakers are here, but Carboni is the word for carbon in Italian. And Nick Carboni was my football coach in high school. I went to a Catholic boys high school where football was very important and Nick Carboni was this enormous man. Um, how do I describe him? I would describe him as, as though he was this gigantic John Travolta out of Greece. <laughs> hair black, thick hair slicked back, but about 50 pounds heavier, and he never smiled, and he would never ever sing with Olivia Newton-John, never. <laughs> and Nick was the kind of man that never smiled. And he scared the hell out of us. Um, we were 14, 15-year-old kids. And he taught us how to be men on the football field. And I will never forget this man yelling at us and telling us that we'd done things wrong. And one of the things I will for ever remember is him yelling at me saying, Banducci, you could screw up a wet dream. <laughs> and at the time, I wasn't sure what he was saying. <laughs> Found out later. Um, he was also the typing teacher. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, now I'm dating myself, right? Typing. And I, but you learned how to type in Nick Carboni's class because he would stand in the back of the classroom with a, basically a, a bag full of erasers. And if you ever looked at your keyboard, he would fling <laughs> an eraser at your head. And he was a marksman. And, you know, really, you'd see students coming out of Nick Carboni's typing class, and they all look like geriatrics. They all had white hair. Um, so Nick was this, this 
personality to be reckoned with. And he was also the dean of men, which was, of course, a euphemism because we weren't men. Um, but he made sure that, that there was order in the hallways of Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. And so, so Nick was hard, and uh, we were afraid of him. And there was that moment, uh, and I'll never forget it, when uh, one of our classmates, and when we were juniors, and we had moved on from Nick. Nick was the junior varsity football coach. And one of our, one of our classmates died um, in a motorcycle accident, Pete Rossi. There were only Italians and Irish <laughs> in this school, really. I mean, that was it. Pete Rossi died in a motorcycle accident, and as a result of that, we had a, we had a service at the high school, and, and Pete um, was a great young man, and we all loved him, and it was just one of those tragic losses of a young man. And I will never forget being in an auditorium just like this and sitting somewhere out there in Nick Carboni, the immovable, the almost brutish Nick Carboni crying. And I realized that behind all of that was an incredibly warm, kind man that was there to help us become men. Here's my story. Please welcome to the stage, Eric Bale. Oh, these lights are bright. Good. Can't see you as much. <laughs> All right. Um, carbon. Some of the things we don't like to think about with carbon, soot, exhaust, slag, the dirty parts of construction. They make our diamonds, they make our pencils, all the things we use to create, but they're also a byproduct. And we don't think about it. We don't think about the men and women who spend their lives building skills and getting an education of a different kind. They go home every night covered in soot, stinking of sweat, and ruining their bodies but they don't complain. They build buildings like Jump. Did you guys watch it when it was going up? Did you watch the welding flash as they're putting them to uprights and all, all those things? Did you think about them? Did you think about the ones that, they retire early at 60 because their bodies are gone the carbon and the calcium in their bodies giving way to titanium to keep their necks straight. My dad was one of these. Back to the stories. He was a great storyteller. He was out on the road all the time. You know, he'd be, spend six weeks, six months somewhere like the INEL, certified steam fitter. 
X-ray grade welds on super high purity stainless steel pipes for the cooling water that would run through and you know, keep it powered and keep us safe. One particular story uh, he brought home that I love dearly. Him and his buddy were off-site for lunch, you know, doing their thing. They came back. His buddy, I can't remember his name, sorry, uh, always the jokester. He, like, he took his security badge, hid in his pocket while they were driving back. He's like, hey, watch this. So when they get stopped at the checkpoint, because everything's, you know, super tight security out there on NEL, needfully so, and they're like, okay, so uh, IDs. My dad pulls out his badge, and the other guy's like, oh, I, I left mine at the hotel. Can you, you know, can you sign me in? And he's like, sure. What's your name? John. Okay, what's your last name? Chicago Blitz. How do you spell that? Shit, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. He was one of the, you know, he's one of the older generation that have dying out where fun-loving is a way of life, and it helps bring meaning to what they do instead of just building everything that we see and don't think about. Because when they do their job right, you don't have to look at it or touch it for 20, 50, or even 100 years. But yet we ignore them, and they never make the fanfare. So when you think of carbon, remember all that's built and those who spend their lives building it and giving their bodies so we don't have to think about what we have. Thank you. Next up is Chase Nelson. How's it going? She was five foot four, hazel eyes, blonde, light and fast, like a pair of carbon skis. like skis of carbon fiber. <laughs> Our first Christmas, we moved to Lake Tahoe, and I bought her skis of carbon fiber. <laughs> she wanted to be a ski guide. She wanted to climb the highest peaks in the world. She wanted to go light and go fast. I remember the way that she'd look down on me, the way she'd move, like skis of carbon fiber, <laughs> in a rhythm of her and my desire. But I bought her those skis because she was trying to get away from something something she wasn't quite sure of. And we both thought it'd be better if she went light and fast. Away from rural Colorado, or away from a mother who hasn't called you in seven years, or away from the boss that rapes you in the Troll shack, or away from the dumpsters that used to dive in as a little girl, 
to get food for your brothers and sisters. Or away from me. Because it was a love that was like skis of carbon fiber, light and fast. Chris Harrington. Carbon's kind of a hard story, a uh, hard topic to come up with, which is kind of strange since it's the formation of all life. And life ends with waste. And this is a nice gross story, so <laughs> people probably enjoy it. When I was in college, I worked for a couple summers at a golf course. It was a really fun place to work because the golfers were kind of crazy. And we never finished a job we started. If you did half of a job one day, you knew you'd be assigned to something else the next day. So you never got bored with what you were doing. And this was in New Hampshire. And I was assigned one day to dig a ditch. And the ditch was for an irrigation system. It was kind of strange to dig an irrigation system in New Hampshire because what we did not lack was water. For one tournament, we had to get out there before dawn and squeegee off the greens because they had turned into little lakes. And we had to push all the water off the greens so people could actually play for the tournament. So I was digging a ditch to put in some irrigation, even though I got chased across the green by a bullfrog one time. I thought my weed whacker was some kind of giant insect. And it kept after me for a good long ways, which is a little unusual. And we're digging this ditch by hand. And New Hampshire was known for agriculture, but the thing that it mostly grows is rocks. If you drive through New Hampshire, you see a lot of stone walls alongside the roads. And those stone walls may look kind of quaint, but you just have to remember that that's because the farmers were hitting rocks and carrying them the shortest possible distance, and that's why there's stone walls everywhere. <laughs> so as I'm digging this ditch by hand with one other guy, we kept encountering rocks. And most of these rocks were small enough that we could wrestle them out of the way. But then we got to a rock that seemed to be bigger than me. So we went to the course supervisor and said, could you come over with the backhoe? and get this one rock out of the ditch. So he came over and he hooked the bucket into, under that rock, started pulling up, and it's coming up perfectly round. Like, what kind of a rock is perfectly round? And I just had time to think that before this wave of stench hit me. It was the top of a septic tank that was not on any <laughs> blueprint. And so the superintendent is looking at us rather quizzically as we're both laughing hysterically and running away from him. <laughs> but he had managed to crush in the side of the septic tank. And I don't actually know the ending of the story. <laughs> because we took the lid off and we put a couple beams over it and we laid down some plywood and we buried it again. 
you know how I said we never finished a task we started? <laughs> I went back to college. That place kind of fell apart pretty soon after that. The owner went to prison. There was all kinds of fun and games. So as far as I know, they never took that wooden lid off of that septic tank, and it's sitting there in the damp New Hampshire soil, rotting away. That would be a bit of a surprise for somebody, right there, just off the green, walking along, and they break through. <laughs> and you just know it, they'd say, oh, well. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Story Story Night receives support from the Boise Arts and History Department and is funded in part by the Idaho Commission on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you to our media sponsor, Radio Boise, our season sponsor, Pettit Realty Group, and the Carbon Show sponsors, Apple Plumbing and Amberjack Publishing. Podcast production is by Stephen Baldessari. Our theme song was composed by Dan Costello, and our musical guest is the Renaissance Players. Support this storied program, get tickets to our live show, and stay tuned at www.storystorynight.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Night. You can also donate by phone. Text FLAGSHIP to 41444. Thanks for being a part of our story. 